Hebrews chapter 4. One verse, but boy, is it powerful. This is our weapons series. I can't think of a more powerful weapon than this. Verse number 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Father, thank you today for your word and what is about to happen because of the power in your word. We thank you and give you praise today in Jesus' name. I love the mental picture that the Bible paints of this particular weapon. The word of God is compared to a sword. I happen to have one here today. A sword. The word of God is compared to a sword. You know, throughout history, battles have been won or lost by way of the sword. Kingdoms have been conquered or brought down by way of sword. Territories have been expanded Territories have been diminished through the power of the sword. There are some famous swords. There are medieval swords. I've got a few pictures of some swords. This is a medieval sword right here. This one I hold in my hand is a samurai sword. Here's another version of the samurai sword. Of course, you know pirates love swords. I don't have a picture of that one, but there's pirate swords. Anybody know what the most famous sword ever is? Who said it? Right over here. King Arthur's sword. The sword stuck in the stone, perhaps you remember. It is called the Excalibur. As I studied for the sermon today, I also found out this interesting bit of trivia concerning Napoleon's sword. Napoleon's sword, as you see here, sold for, are you ready for this, over $6.4 million. How many would like that in your collection at home? <laughs> A sword. There are some famous sword fighters. Who's your favorite? Do you remember these three guys? The three musketeers? All for one? And one for all, yes. Of course, I couldn't talk about swords without throwing this guy up here. Zorro. I can't do a Z with this thing, that's all right. I like this one too, it's a little more modern, but uh, there's Johnny Depp and Orlando Bloom. How come all the ladies just gave out a hoot right there? I don't understand that. That's in the Pirates of the Caribbean, and I couldn't talk about swords without this guy. How about Darth Vader and Mark Hamill in The Return of the Jedi? But my favorite, one of my favorite movies, and I love this sword scene, 
I don't know if this is ready or not, but go ahead and roll that. This is looking good. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen Princess Bride or not, but I'll just tell you this, he lives. But there is Aniga Montoya and Prince Wesley there fighting in Princess Bride. Now, I've talked about some swords to you, some fam famous swordsmen, some famous swords, some famous sword fights, but all of this is just man-made swords. One's not even real, the Excalibur. But imagine with me today this sword. I wonder how many have your sword with you today. I want to see every sword raised. I don't care if it's leather and paper or if it's electronic. It may be on a tablet. It may be on your phone. But I want you to hold up your sword just for a moment all across this congregation. It doesn't matter if it's King James or New King James, the NIV or the message. We hold in our hands the most powerful sword ever created. The Word of God. But do you really realize what you're holding? Do you understand the full potency of the power that is in the Word of God? It has power. Somebody say power. Power, power to slay the enemy. I've entitled the message today, Slaying the Enemy with the Sword of the Spirit. I don't know about you, but I am tired of being bombarded with the enemy. It is time to take a stand and start fighting the enemy. And this is how we do it. I'm trying my best since January to talk to you about weapons and get weapons in your hand, weapons in your mouth, weapons in your life so that you can fight the enemy. Here is one of the best weapons you will ever have. It is the Word of God, the powerful Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. There's no sword more powerful. There's no sword sharper. No sword is able to produce more results than the sword that you have there in your hand, the, the sword that there lays in your lap. And I believe that the Word of God has more than enough power to slay the enemy. Let me spell it out for you today. Power. P is penetrating power. How do I know that this word can slay the enemy? Because of the power in the word. And there's so much power, I thought we need to just uh, really investigate this. What kind of power are we talking about? Penetrating power, Hebrews 4.12, our text today, for the word of God is living, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing, there it is, piercing into the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, discerning thoughts and intents. I've asked you for the last few weeks to maybe take notes and even make some notes in your Bible. Here's another good opportunity for you. 
to underline a few words. Living is one. The word of God is living. What makes this, this particular book any different than any other book that was written throughout time, recording uh, historic events, re recording people of history, men of history, women of history, recording battles? What makes this any different than a history book? I would like to tell you today that it is because it's a living book. Throughout time, throughout the ages, people have tried to take this book and stomp it out, take it out, to remove it, to burn it, to tear its pages, trample it beneath horses, you name it. But here it stands today alive, living. Powerful is another word that I would underline if I were you. The word of God is living and powerful. How true it is. Able to bring about changes that no other book could bring. Our society loves self-help books. You can get any book for dummies that you want, anything. There was even Robert's Rules of Order for dummies. I, I bought it. I mean, <laughs> I bought it. I needed it. I still refer to it from time to time. Cooking for dummies, planting flowers for dummies. I'm telling you, the, you know that whole dummies book? You can get it in anything. And boy, don't we like the self-help books. But none of these have the power that this book has, able to affect change in the heart and in the life of a human, of a marriage, of a family, of a city. Powerful, living, powerful, sharp, actually sharper is what it says. Another word you might want to underline right there. Now, it says sharper than a two-edged sword. It doesn't say it is like a two-edged sword. We, we talk about the Word of God being like a two-edged sword, right? But it actually says that it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Now, this particular knife, uh, this particular sword just has one blade on... Oh, no, it's not really actually sharp at all. <laughs> There's no blade on this. But if there were, it would be very, very sharp, and it would be able to cut as I went this way. But if you had, had a two-edged sword, that means this side would be sharpened as well. I found out as I, I researched for the sermon today that double-edged swords are illegal in the United States. Double-edged swords, double-edged knives, anything like that. You can't buy a, a blade with two edges on it because it's too dangerous. Because a two-edged sword will cut this way and you can go back this way as well, see? You save the time. A single edge, you go this way, then you got to come back, and you got to go again. But a double edge, look at that, goes whoosh, whoosh, right? Or if you're just going in with, with it like this, it's going to cut underneath, and it's going to cut over on the top. I hate to be too graphic, but I'm going somewhere with this today. Everybody's seeing blood all over the place. you got to get this, though, because the Bible says that the Word of God is sharper 
than a two-edged sword, does more, dam uh, more damage and can do more good or harm, however you want to talk about it. I'm talking about harm to the enemy, good to us, than a two-edged sword, sharp, sharper. And then it gets to piercing, which is my point here. It's penetrating. Why is it able to even penetrate? Because it's living, because it's powerful, because it's sharp. That's why it's able to penetrate. But it, look where it penetrates. Look where it pierces. It pierces on the inside. It gets to the real motive. It gets to the real heart of the matter. The Word of God exposes. The Word of God gets into us. And it affects that change in us. I remember one particular time. The Word of God has penetrated my heart since I surrendered my life to Jesus. Too many times to, to name. But there's one, one time in particular that really stands out to me today. As most of you know, Karen and I traveled across this country singing in a group. We represented Central Bible College. But there was coming a time where that door was going to close. We traveled for 16 years. That's all I knew how to do. I'd learned how to minister in this way. We knew the road. And I, and I felt the pulling of the Holy Spirit and the wooing of God. But I kept fighting it. I don't know if you fight the voice of God from time to time. But see, anytime God says, I want to take you somewhere else, and he doesn't show me where he wants to take me, it makes me a little crazy. It scares me. Still to this day, if God said, I want you to lay down this pastorate, and I've got something else for you, and I'm not even going to tell you what it is, that would scare me, because I like to be in control. God, God let me know this is going to come to a close, and I didn't know what was next. So I fought it. And I justified how I knew God could still use me. And th here's the thing, God still could. There's enough lost people that God's using people all over the world that aren't in their perfect place of his perfect will. That's another sermon for another day. But I, he would have still used me, Yvonne. But it wouldn't have been his perfect will. But you know how the voice of the Holy Spirit just keeps on pulling and tugging and whispering and blowing and, you know, and I, I could not get away from God wanting to shift things, close a door and open a new door. And I found myself at uh, La Palma Christian Center. I found myself at Victory Christian Center in Terre Haute, Indiana. It was my home church at the time. And uh, uh, they had a guest speaker, a friend of ours, actually, James Davis. He's been here more than once. And he was the guest speaker that day, and he stood behind the pulpit, and he preached a, a sermon that I'd heard as a child growing up. Great Sunday school story on Jonah and the whale. But I'm telling you, as the man spoke the word of God that day, the word of God went on assignment into my heart, and it cut through me, it pierced through me. Tears streamed down my face, the entirety of this man's sermon, because I knew that I was running from God, and I was, I was fighting God's perfect will for my life, and, and everything this man said was like uh, my mail being read from God to me. That's the penetrating power of the Word of God. I finally surrendered. God led me. He did close that door and led me to Chicago, and there we were, there we were for a year in ministry and God closed that door and led us here to La Palma Christian Center. We're now going into our 12th year here. It just amazes me if we will just let the word of God work.
penetrating into the intent, into the thoughts, into the motive, and let God lead. Let me continue spelling this out for you. Oh, talking about the power today in the Word of God. It has overcoming power. How many would testify today that the, the Word of God has, has given you overcoming power throughout your life? It has power to overcome the enemy. Remember how Jesus overcame the enemy when he was led out into the wilderness and he was tempted by the enemy. How did he overcome the enemy? Because however Jesus overcame the enemy, that's how I think we should also try to overcome the enemy. And in Matthew chapter 4, you can read this, this uh, incident later on this afternoon, but Jesus is going to the, to the wilderness and the enemy will not let him alone. Keeps on pecking at him and keeps on hounding him, keeps on tempting him. What's Jesus do? He says in verse number four, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, the enemy just comes again as he does with us. He's relentless. He won't stop. And so he comes at Jesus again. Jesus says to him in verse number seven, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And one more time, here comes the devil, here comes Satan. Jesus said to him, get out of here, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Jesus overcame the enemy by uh, knowing the word of God and standing on the word of God and quoting the word of God. We also can overcome the enemy but it's going to be by the Word of God, and you have to have the Word of God in you so the Word of God can come out of you. 1 John 2, 14, I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the Word of God abides in you. Look what else it says. And you've overcome the wicked one. The only way you're going to overcome using the sword of the Spirit is by having the Word of God abiding in you and dwelling in you richly, then this is a weapon that he cannot win against. He had to, he had to let up and, and, and give in, if you will, when Jesus began to use the Word of God. He'll do the same for you. The Word of God will work for you just like it worked for Jesus. It has the ability to overcome Every temptation, every test, and every trial that comes from the enemy. Let me continue spelling this out for you. Number three, W. <laughs> I put it like this, wonder-working power. <laughs> you remember singing about the blood? There's power in the blood, wonder-working power in the blood. Anybody remember that? Well, I'm here today to tell you there is wonder-working power in the blood, but it's not only in the blood. I believe that there is wonder-working power to be found in the Word of God. Amen. You see, the Word of God takes the ordinary and turns it into the extraordinary. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter, uh, Luke chapter 5, Jesus tells Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, Simon is sweaty and stinky and tired because he'd been working all night with no results. So Simon tries to explain to Jesus. I wonder how many times we try to explain to Jesus when he tells us to do something that we really don't want to do. 
Maybe we just did what Jesus said to do with no results, seemingly no results, so we try to explain to Jesus too. Maybe, maybe I'm the only one within Simon's boat, so to speak. Tr Simon tries to explain to Jesus. He says, we toiled all night. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we try as hard as we can, and we work in our own effort, not relying on the word from the Lord. We toiled all night, Simon says, and we caught nothing. How many times does it seem like there are no results? But all you're doing is seeing with your human eyes, with fleshly eyes. You're not seeing what the master sees. You're not really seeing what's on the other side of the boat that wasn't there maybe a minute ago, but it could be now. But I like what he said next. He's explaining to Jesus, we toiled all night, we caught nothing, but listen to this word, this one word, a life-changing word. Simon said back to Jesus, nevertheless. Somebody say nevertheless. nevertheless. Oh, that we would have a nevertheless in our spirits. Oh, that we would have a nevertheless in our hearts. Oh, that we would have a nevertheless in our mouths. No matter what we're facing, no matter what the circumstances look like, nevertheless, Jesus is Jesus, God is God, and, and Jesus' word is all we need. You are one word away from everything turning around. Did you know that? Get yourself a nevertheless today. Put a nevertheless in your mouth. Let nevertheless come out of your mouth. Nevertheless, it shouldn't matter what the circumstances look like. He said, nevertheless, at your word. At your word. You see, the word that Jesus spoke to, to Peter that day, to Simon, he later changed his name to Peter, but the word that he spoke to Simon that day was the word that he needed. It was the word of the day, the word of the hour, in-seasoned in word, on-time word. God will speak to you a word through his word. And it may be just exactly what you need for your circumstance that day. Anybody else just play uh, open the Bible and see what God's going to say? Anybody ever done that? Thank you for being honest. And everybody else has done it too. They're just not being honest, but it's all right. You know you have. You know you've just plopped that Bible open and said, God, give me a word today. And it so happened it went to a map or something. Mine right here, look at this. Mine went to the commentary on Daniel. Well, that might be what I needed that day. I don't know. But I'm thankful that God can still speak a word through the maps and through the commentary and through the dictionary in the back. All you, all you need is one word from God. You are one word away from your nets being so full. You've got to call your buddies. You've got to call your family. You've got to call in the reinforcements because your boat is about to sink because of the blessing hand of God in your life. Hallelujah. That's what happened. He said, nevertheless, at your word. And, and he let down his net, the Bible says. He took immediate action and obedience was the key to his blessing. Tap into the wonder-working power in the Word of God today. He, everlasting power, 
It's a power that's been proven throughout time. It's a power that actually transcends time. Matthew 24 and verse 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. So they're going to go throughout time this way, but how about if we back it up? Know that the t- God's word has always been there. See, you go back to Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God spoke. It was his word. And he said, let there be light. Uh, he, he spoke all that is in, into being. He, he spoke the heavens and the earth into being. It was his word at the very beginning of time. It is an everlasting word. It started in the beginning. And it will last. Heaven and earth will pass away, the Bible says. But his word will stand forever. His word will last forever. It will by no means pass away. Now, go with me to John 1.1. John 1.1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, And the word, what's it say? Wow. Now this can boggle the mind right here. And I'm not pretending to understand it all or to properly explain it all to you today, but I believe it to be so. I believe that God's word is eternal and everlasting. It was in the beginning and it will last to beyond the end. It will not pass away, this everlasting word. They can't take this out. They can't stomp this out. They can't kill this word, this living word. Try as they may. Dictators and rulers have tried. Take it out of a country. You can't do that. It will flourish and grow even even greater. As it's compressed underground, it will flourish and grow. Now, John 1.14, can you bring that up for me? John 1.1 1, 1, that said, you know, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now look at this, just a few verses later, and the Word became flesh. Who are we talking about here? Pastor, t- help me right here. And the Word became flesh. There we go. Jesus, the Word of God that was in the beginning and will always be, then took on flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Psalm 119, 89, forever, O Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. I want you to tap into the power of God's Word as you use it as a sword. I'm talking about the everlasting power of God's Word, the eternal power of God's Word, the enduring power of God's Word are. God's Word is powerful and it has revealing power. Revealing thoughts and intent, first of all. Back to our text, the very last portion of our text. The Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The revealing power of God's word. It will get to the heart of the matter if you let it get to your heart. 
Let the word of God truly get to your heart. Today, God's word came and calluses that have formed over our hearts and hardness and walls that maybe time has, has erected were torn down today because of the piercing, penetrating power that gets right to the heart of the matter, revealing what's really in our hearts. Why did you just say what you said? What was the motive behind it? The Word of God will expose that and reveal that. Why did you do what you did and act out the way you did? Let the Word of God expose that, reveal that, discern that. Then when it's revealed and exposed, the Word of God is also a healer. And the Word of God will be as an ointment, healing our hearts. But if we don't let the Word of God reveal and discern what's really in the heart, it can never be healed. So let the Word of God reveal the intent, the character, the integrity, who we really are. It has revealing power not just to reveal our hearts, but also to reveal the heart of the Father. It reveals God's love. How much does God love us? The Bible tells us. John 3:16, a verse we've probably recited from childhood. Let's recite it once more. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How much does God love you? The Bible reveals this to us. Greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friend. And then he called us friends. How much of God's love is available? Psalm 119, 64. The earth is filled with your love, Lord. Teach me your word. Teach me your decrees. I thought this was interesting. For so much of the time when I think of the love of God, I see the love of God stored in heaven. And God graciously opens the windows of heaven and pours out his love on us. But this verse, this verse, can you bring it up for me one more time? It says the earth is filled with your love. The earth is filled with the love of God. I believe every river that runs through the landscape of, of earth reveals the love of God. Every bird chirping in the trees in your backyard tells of the love of God. Every time Isabella cries or laughs or smiles, I see the love of God. The love of God. The earth is filled with the love of God. Yes, this is our weapon. I want you to hold it up one more time. There's a few more notes I need you to take, so I hope you haven't put your, your pencil and paper away. There's power in here. In here. Keep, your, keep your tablet open if you're taking notes on your tablet or your phone. You need this. There's only... There's, there's, there's five ways that this can be used like this, only far more effective. 
First of all, number one, read and study the Word of God. I know maybe for some you'd say, well, duh. But it's amazing how many people won't really read and study the Word of God. You got to start there. You got to read it, study it, make it part of your everyday routine, your everyday existence. Colossians 3.16, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Number two, pray for understanding of the Word of God. I don't have these five up on the screen. Sorry about that, folks. Number one is read and study the Word of God. Number two, ask for understanding. Have you ever said to yourself, well, I don't, I don't get some of that? Anybody, young people, have you ever thought, I don't understand some of that? Well, I, I, I've said the same thing. And if they would be honest, they've said the same thing. I mean, there's some names in there that I couldn't pronounce if I wanted to. So I skip over, right? There's all this begat, he begat him and he begat him and it just chapter after chapter and I doze off, right? Anybody just going to be real with me here today? How about we ask God to really bring this thing to life and to open up our understanding because Psalm 119.27, the psalmist said, make me understand. I like that. The way of your precepts or your word. So I shall meditate on your wonderful works, which leads me to point number three, memorize the word. I say let's let 2012 be a year of memorizing the word of God. We memorize our children's birth dates, memorize your phone number. Well, we used to. We don't have to do that anymore, right? I just memorize it's number three on favorite. I have Karen's memory. I don't have Elliot or Butler's memorized because it's just in my phone. I, I, right. We memorize a lot of things, don't we? We memorize numbers. We, we memorize our, our address. And we memorize a lot of things. We have the capacity to memorize a lot of things. How about we memorize the Word of God? Set for yourself a challenge and memorize the Word of God, a, chapter, a, a, a verse a week. A, a, I, I don't know something that you know you could do, memorize it. You'll be surprised at what that storehouse of your heart, it will open that up and you'll be able to fight with the word that you've memorized. Number four, meditate on the word. I'm asking you to read the word and study the word, to, to um, pray for understanding of the word and to memorize the word, but we need to be thinking about the word. What did you just read yesterday? And why are you at that particular point of the Bible? Let it wash over in your mind and your heart what you just read. I read the story of Lot the end of last week. I've been reading through Genesis again. And I try, by the way, I try to read uh, portions of Scripture that have nothing to do necessarily with what I'm preaching. Because I don't want every time I go to the Word of God, it has to be about a sermon that I'm trying to preach. I want the Word of God just to be something that I need to feed my spirit and my soul and something that I love. And so I really strive and I encourage my pastors, don't, you know, we read it because we need to be nourished and ministered by the Word of God and not just to find a sermon. 
But let that, let that wash over you. I, I was reading about Lot and I heard so much. I, I'm listening to the Word of God. I've got it on, on audio. And I heard so much and I read so much that was new and exciting for me again. And I thought about it all throughout the day. Meditate on the Word of God. Psalm 119.15. I meditate on your precepts, your precepts and I consider your ways. Number five, share the Word. Share the word with others. You want this to be a sword? You begin to tell people about how the word has changed you. And you begin to share with others the word of God. Bring me up that last scripture. Psalm 119.13 With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. The word of God has pierced your soul, penetrating into the thoughts and intent of your heart. It's radically changed you or you wouldn't be here today. Let somebody else know about that. And this is how the word of God becomes a sword sword of the Spirit, fighting the enemy. I want you to bow your heads all over this room. Father God, we thank you for the gift that has been given to us, which is your word. Your word is illuminating, a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. May we hide your word in our hearts so that we wouldn't sin against you. I pray your word to lead us and guide us into truth. I pray your word would expose your will for our lives. Let it work in us, cutting, penetrating, piercing. God, may we take up your word, taking up the word, which is the sword of the Spirit. And may we fight with all that is in us, anointed by your hand, energized by your spirit, slaying the enemy, winning the battle, running in this race. We pray it in Jesus' almighty name. I want you to keep your heads bowed for just one more thing. If there's anyone here today that you've never surrendered your heart and your life, to God by accepting his son Jesus I believe today could be that day for you but you must take that step of courage and admit that you need God if you're here today and you would like to accept Christ into your heart asking him to forgive you of sin I want you to lift your hand right now let me pray for you today before we leave this room is there anyone come on lift your hand right now don't delay one more day. Let the word of Christ 
and the love of God transform you today. Lift your hand and let me pray for you just before we leave. Folks, I want to invite you back. Tonight, we have our life groups. And um, wow, I, I can't say enough about our life groups. They are, uh, they are energizing this church and causing growth in this church in a great, great way. I want you to be a part of that. And if you have not joined a life group for this first semester, you could still come to the church tonight and we'll get you plugged into one of the open groups. Um, but certainly be praying about which group you could join for the second semester. It will start just a little bit after Easter, a couple weeks after Easter. I believe I don't have that in front of me, but I want you to be a part of life groups. Also, remember, stop by and pick up your report, and I think you'll be very pleased with what God has done here at La Palma Christian Center. By the way, if you have any questions uh, about our finances or anything else for that matter, I would appreciate if you would call ahead of time. If you would call my office and talk to me about any concerns, because I don't know about you, but I want our annual celebration to be lifting up to God and pleasing to God. Oh, I thought I'd have several people that want that. But I'm telling you right now, that is how it's going to go on our annual meeting next Sunday night. We're going to have a meeting, and we are going to celebrate all that God has done, and it will be a meeting that honors God and pleases God. It will be a meeting of unity, folks, and we need to fight to preserve the unity of this church. So let me reiterate to you, pick up your report. If you see anything in there that you would like a question, you have a question, you would like an answer, you call me on this week, and we'll be sure to address any concerns that you have. Amen? Amen. Pastor Jim, will you come and dismiss us in prayer? Everyone standing. All the men in the house, don't forget tomorrow night we are having our men's meeting and we are having some homemade chili and sourdough bread bowls. So guys, be sure you sign up. Oh, oh boy. Lord, we thank you for a great morning. We thank you for your presence and your, and your spirit, Lord, as it, as it pierces this, the, the callousness of our hearts and of our minds, Lord. We ask you, Lord, that, that you bring us, Lord, fully into submission to you, Lord, that we are obedient to, every, to everything that you ask of us. We thank you for the word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for this house that we're able to worship in. Lord, let us go now in, in your presence, Lord, as we go out into the highways and byways and into our homes, Lord. Give us blessing, prosper our, our path, Lord Jesus, as we meet together again. In your precious name, amen.